Thank you again for joining us on Corner of the Clubhouse. I'm Kyle Blanks, and this episode is kicking off a series called Baseball the Game vs. Baseball the Business. Joining me for this first episode is Connor Bustead. Connor is a former college baseball player, current high school teacher, and baseball coach. Connor also curates an amazing website and social media platforms, the sum of which equal Section 925, an incredibly insightful wealth of Bay Area sports and culture. In this episode, we discuss the current state of the game, more specifically the current lockout issues, as well as the joint drug agreement. Corner of the Clubhouse is proudly a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Thank you again for joining us on Corner of the Clubhouse. I'm Kyle Blanks, and back again with us is Connor Bustead, a good friend to the program, as well as uh, someone who's really helped me um, get some of these uh, issues I care to discuss really, really moving and out into the into space. So I uh, just want to introduce Connor and um, let him kind of give you a little background on what he does before we dive into this. It is an absolute pleasure to be on the show tonight, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> Roadrunner CBD, I, I've loved it. Uh, great product. Um, just a wealth of knowledge talking to Kyle Blanks whenever I get the chance. So, yeah, it's great to be back on talking baseball, even though we don't really have baseball. We got college baseball. We got high school baseball. So, But I'm still lamenting not having the show, if you will. And and that's definitely why, uh, you know, a big component of why uh really wanted to jump into this segment of, you know, baseball the game versus uh, baseball the business. And, you know, nobody having the uh, same creature comforts of, let's say, years past, like, uh, you know, people would have already been there. What are we at? Almost, uh, almost in March. So you're almost at game time now and you're not seeing really anything other than the, the minor league, uh, season kind of minor league spring training starting up. And that's a unique thing to see too, because you actually get to see the true detachment of, of the actual system where, um, you know, major league baseball is, is it's, it's a company that contracts workers to work and that work is the game you see. And it's it's crazy how how much control is is really fought over by people who don't play the game, and you know the people who are who are basically the workers doing it. And when you take the money out of it in certain certain occasions, a lot of these arguments can be over very large volumes of money, which can also just get ridiculous. But when you when you do take money out of the equation, in some instances you do see that it is just a very, very poor work environment for uh, the humans involved in, in the game, especially at the minor league level. But um, that's why we um, really try to talk about this stuff. And um, I will do my best in, in the future now to try and link in some things like the, uh, uh, like the JDA, the Joint Drug Agreement uh, with Major League Baseball as we get to uh, a little further in the show, as well as um, any other you know, valuable information in the future, um, revenues, things like that that are just easy – easy numbers kind of like the way the game is turning into um just just for people to see you know the game is making so much money it's ridiculous so um to really get to talk into some of these things in a very broad uh very layman type of way um i do have the inside insight but otherwise i don't understand all the tax rates and all these all these percentages and things i just know it is always about a bottom line and that's why um 
currently, like I said, Connor is far more excited about the uh, his current high school baseball season as well as college baseball kicking off. Yeah, uh, it was great to see college baseball underway. I actually went to the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos at USF Don game, rubber match on Sunday. Uh, great yard to watch some baseball. Uh, a lot of low-line drives, ground balls shooting through the hole, players playing the game the right way. Um, so, yeah, it was a breath of fresh air to, to get out there and see some baseball. And, yes, I am coaching high school baseball. Um, so so that's going that's going really well at the moment. Um, but, you know, Section 925, my, my baby uh, is about to be our 10th year anniversary here at Section 925. That's that's beautiful. Um, you know, that's awesome. Congratulations. No baseball, no baseball on the horizon, which is you know, like each passing day goes by, not having the A's. The A's might be moving to Vegas. We're having a tough time, you know, building a new stadium. Uh, you know, Buster Posey retires, and spring training is you know on ice right now. So it, it's tough to be a Bay Area baseball fan like I am. Um, but I would just love to, you know, pick your brain. Such a, a amazing thing to to hear from someone who played in the show, like yourself, played in the minor leagues for a long time, and someone who uh, has a you know very uh, fresh perspective on uh, or original perspective, I'd say, on how baseball works, what it's like to play in the major leagues, what it's like to play in the minor leagues. And, uh, you know, I really want your opinion on why or what the root issue is for this lockout. You know, from my perspective, uh, there's these huge multimillionaires, people like Mike Trout. And, you know, I think Bauer was maybe the high, one of the highest paid players uh, for the Dodgers a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, the Miguel Cabreras of the world, you know, all these big boppers that make it 30 mil a year. And then a large portion of the league is making 500k, and from my perspective, 500k is with the inflation numbers we're seeing and just the way things are now. 500k is really not that much money when you consider that you're a major league baseball player and the TV contracts, uh, these huge stadiums. So there just seems to be a huge chasm, if you will, between the uh, huge money players. And even the, the big leaguers themselves, the ones that just haven't uh, got to their, their first big contract. But I'd love to hear your, your, your take on what the, the root cause of this, uh, this lockout is. Well, it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely a, a handful of things. It's probably, let's say, dozens and dozens of variables. But I would say, you know, um, I just kind of wrote down – it, since baseball's really been, uh, let's say, a business, it's had the appearance from my side that it's always been constructed to to win. You know, you're always trying to win to make more money. And as as you know, we've gotten through time. Uh, baseball's gone through these different eras of time. Um, I just wrote down, you know, steroid era. Um, we'll call it uh, you know, 80s. I, I probably was an, its own drug era. Um, you know, I feel like I came into the game as the, you're getting drug tested all the time era. This is just, that was the status quo of what anyone coming into the game around that time was, you, you were all subject to this. And I was, I just kind of wrote down as, as something that I would refer to as this is like the bottom line era. Um, 
you're seeing the game having warped so much from the organic game of baseball into this, uh, you know, the, the true fan of baseball is never worried about the time, how long it's taken. Um, you know, obviously when the game can police itself, it typically doesn't take the longest times ever. But when you see these certain influences come in, uh, a clock on the game, um, you know, this, this huge hurry up to something that I've always argued, if you didn't have to stop selling alcohol in the seventh inning, you would not care how long this game would take. So, what we're seeing now to me is like based on that theory is anything related to the bottom line is what's contributing to what you're seeing. And that's on both sides, you know, everybody's part of the conversation, but um, it does, there, there are so many detachments from each other. So, you know, let's say the uh, heavily, con- you know, long-term contracted big leaguer to the the guy with one day and, you know, no, uh, you know, no, no real leg to stand on. Um, one is basically invaluable to the game. The other is indispensable and just literally be, you know, it's just, just a, just literally just a body in a Jersey. So when you get to those, some of these detachments being rampant across, you know, there's, there's a, a room of owners that don't like each other for whatever reasons, let alone don't like the other side of the table, let alone don't like whoever. It's it's so interesting that every one of these little situations you get into, there's always like a another little bottom line. There's always another angle of why you're seeing the business of baseball function the way it functions. The superstars will always outplay any any era or contract structure. They will always make the most. But it's everybody kind of in between them and um let's say the cups of coffee kind of those guys up and down you know myself mo- you know a good chunk of my career was spent kind of going back and forth so knowing that's how the game functions like it, it would just be no different than not looking at it like it's baseball just structuring it like there's these types of people involved in this business then there's this big swath of people in the middle that make up most of it. And then there's a chunk on the bottom that kind of are in and out, in and out. or, And that's what cumulatively gets you to the costs of a season. And that's, that's what's being fought over by, once again, I'm always arguing it's people who don't play the game but otherwise are trying to minimize what that game is to a dollar value that it nev- never has if it's not a business. You know, when it's just a game of baseball, like in high school, um, you aren't playing for a bottom line. You're playing for the best possible outcome of baseball that you can you can come up with today, win or lose. That's That means nothing, and that's why you're seeing, like I said, the game warp into this, like, uh, shot clock-esque home run derby type game that isn't, like the organic game of baseball, you or I would recognize the one we learned growing up. Yeah. Uh, well, my take on the, the whole idea of uh, the game changing and uh, becoming more numbers-based and so forth, and now it's just a bottom-line thing. They're not treating the players as valued members or partners in the business of baseball. They're just like, hey, you're just a number, and we'll just replace you with someone who has X amount of exit velocity or X amount of spin rate. 
Uh, my, my take on that is, you know, you just kind of have to let it organically play out. You know, if there's a lot of home runs, let there be a lot of home runs. If there's a lot of shifting going on, let there be shifting. People are going to counteract that and find a way to get those people out or find a way to get more hits uh, against the shift. Like, it, it will work itself out. Um, and I wouldn't be implementing anything new that's going to completely change the game unless it's really going to solve the problem. So what I mean by that is if you're worried that the games are too long, for instance, and in your case, they don't like a game going too much longer than the seventh inning uh, because they're not making as much money as they want to be making, you know, according to you. Well, if you're going to implement something, implement something that's actually going to make the game shorter. Um, and if you have a pitch clock or whatnot, I just think it's going to shave off like five or 10 minutes. And that's so negligible that it doesn't really matter. I would focus my attention more on like growing the game, making it more international, which it already pretty much is, you know, making their, uh, making the game more fun, have, promoting more stars, um, you know, just anything you can to promote more stars and have, you know, kids fall in love with baseball more, which I think they have been. And I think they will continue to fall in love with baseball because it's such a unique sport. It's so much different than football, so much different than basketball. It's like the summer sport. It's fine. Just let it, let it organically play out and don't try to tinker with it and mess it up uh, in, in an effort to make it, you know, half a percent better. Um, that's, and that's where I'd say the argument on my side is it, the, all of these tinkerings are, have nothing to do with the quality of the game of baseball. They have to do with the speed of the business transaction. That's why you're seeing it happen the way you're seeing it. Why would you – there are always going to be competing philosophies of how to do it better. But why? Yeah, one, is, one, 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 one example is the DH or no DH. You have, obviously, you have people that say we should have a DH – because that gives people like David Ortiz, who's a future Hall of Famer, a chance to play five more years, and we like to see hitters. We want, you know, we we don't want to see, you know, Garrett Cole with his ass out taking shitty swings. We want to see Big Poppy come up and hit tanks. So we should have the DH. Other people are going to say, no, let's keep the DH. Uh, let's keep the pitcher hitting and have no DH in the National League and pure. And we want to keep that. So I get that, but there's going to be you know, an argument either way about that. No matter what they decide to do on that, there's going to be an argument. There's going to be people that are happy about it and upset about it. But I just wouldn't be that focused on it. It just doesn't it – just leave it the way it is, and I, I would focus your attention more on, you know, um, building a new ballpark or promoting the team better or, you know, having a good product in the field. Uh, I think those things are more important. But, again, you played in the major leagues. And you kind of felt, you know, attendance. And I, I know we talked before about, you know, a lot of the time attendance at a game wasn't necessarily based on, like, who the best pitching matchup was or who was in the lineup that day. It was based on bobblehead day or, you know, the 4th of July fireworks game or the Yankees were playing. So it's not necessarily the, the purity of the players in the field. A lot of times it's extraneous things. But you could expand on that more. No, and that's yeah, exactly. So let's say um, I would I would immediately say if everyone cut ticket prices in half 
and made concessions 75% cheaper because you're still making money on it. You're just not gouging people now. Why is a hot dog $8? Why is a beer 40 bucks? You know what I mean? It's like these types of things. That's how you actually, in, like, this is entertainment. That was a, a, um, a really good friend of mine helped, helped articulate that. The difference between baseball professionally and non-professionally is when it, it's entertainment. That's that's what you're not seeing, or that's why you're seeing the the things happen in the game happen the way they are. There's no, there is no desire to to improve the quality if you otherwise, or you don't have to put the attention there if your bottom line is always getting better. What would be your incentive? You know, so that's so. On that note, like, yeah, the bobblehead, whatever, whatever those um, Gimmick. special days, whatever those special yeah. days are, you know, those things that the fans go, you know, dollar hot dog days, you know, thirsty Thursdays, um, more in the minor leagues, things like that. The beer batter, baby. <laughs> Dude, the minor leagues is the, is the perfect, perfect uh, analogous of if the, if the major leagues was like that, it would probably garner more consistency as far as um happy fans uh money all those types of things because the experience is better for the for the people going to watch entertainment we're just the people playing we're just trying to play the best game of baseball and when you constantly change those qualifications that's when you see the game change dramatically so it's like you're seeing it happen from all these different angles like the game as it's being played on the field is being you know altered as well as the fan, you know, the fan experience, because this is entertainment, is is not getting better. There's no effort getting going into it getting better because there doesn't have to be. Like all the money that goes to players pales in comparison to why that's exactly why those things don't get better. That's where that money would come from. But it doesn't go there. It goes in somebody's pocket or it goes in a bunch of pockets. It's when you're when and that's like like I said, trying to create links to some of these things. Like the revenue of Major League Baseball is is totally public knowledge. Like it's a shitload of money. Why is it that that shitload of money doesn't ever seem to go do much, other than just be like a, a figure of something to like, you know, like brag about? That's that's where, you know, being on the inside of that experience, it's it would be way cooler to see um you know like let's say attendance being more related to the experience than just uh getting a little something extra today like uh, a giveaway jersey or a uh you know buy one fucking free hot dog i don't fucking know you know shit like that like that's that is truly the the experience for the fan like dude is it you know if you're if you're in high school me and you are in high school our parents don't give a shit how good or bad the conditions at the field are, they're there to watch us. That's the difference of when you go pay a ticket price to go do that, you have a little leeway to like kind of complain about some shit. You you do get to like kind of put your two cents in, and that's especially when those ticket prices are hundreds of dollars to go watch a game of baseball that you could go to a college game and probably pay maybe five bucks. And if there's no errors, it's probably on, you know, it's going to be a decent game of baseball to watch. But that's that's just because the business you know the way it's structured um 
is is truly having your is why it's having this just dramatic dramatic influence on um how the game is played as well as how the fans experience it and that's why you're seeing all the you know problems everywhere yeah uh what i will say too about this issue about the you know structure of the game or, or, or parts of the game that could be changed i think all the major sports have these issues and people are arguing about them and they've they've been able to have a labor agreement that that's worked uh let's start with football nfl you know people are pissed that they the safety can't hit the quarterback anymore there's no big hits there's no big crunch ooh ah hits anymore people are pissed about that but football's still fine uh all the records all the records are uh messed up now because Tom Brady doesn't get hit anymore so he, he shatters every single record but back in Dan Marino and Joe Montana and you know you know Unitas's era you know before then and YA Tittle and all this they were getting crushed and they were handing the ball off to you know huge uh, valued running back so those records are, are all skewed now um, and the game has changed and the quarterback's upright but People still like football. People still watch football games. NBA, you know, NBA has a lot of issues where, you know, players leave their team for three years. They go to different cities and make super teams. And, you know, they're um, out in the Bahamas talking about what team they should play on next. And they're all friends. And, you know, there's not really that much competitive fire sometimes compared to the bad boy Pistons and the Chicago Bulls and, um, you know, where you grow your team, the Celtics and so forth. So that's changed a lot too. Um, people still like the NBA, you know, college basketball. You know, people are transferring all the time. People are one and done. People are skipping college and going straight to the NBA. March Madness will still be fun to watch. Baseball. Yeah, there's, you know, more home runs. Than, than than there's ever been, you know, it's kind of a home runner bust thing, a lot of strikeouts that you talk a lot about, maybe too many strikeouts. But I still think baseball is a great sport. It's really fun to watch. Stadiums are filled in the summer. People are enthralled, you know, in San Francisco, people were loving the Giants over this summer. You know, they had their best season in, I don't know, 50 some odd years, well over 100 wins. It was captivating, you know, the Dodgers five-game series. Yeah, all the things we discussed, all the things we're lamenting right now and upset about, it was as it is now in in, in, in the uh, fall of 2021, still an amazing five-game series with, you know, Mookie Betts and all these stars playing. It worked out well. I'm kind of blanking on, the uh, you know, how the World Series shook out. Um, but you know, the Astros didn't win. All is well in the in the in the world. Um, but you know, I guess I guess what I want to dig into more, keep picking your brain on, is like what is the main issue that is is causing this strike, and who has to kind of give up more? I mean. Maybe you could start by taking the player's side first and, and give me their perspective and then switch over and give me the owner's perspective because, you know, seeing both sides and both perspectives, I think, is a healthy way to understand where they're coming from and why, how how long this, this might last. 
so I'll I'll break I'll, I'll explain it in an extremely extremely rough way. The player is the worker who wants to be treated appropriately, and the owner is the business owner who is basically the one who has this bottom line to deal with. That is the source of what all of these complex things are about. So like, you know, let me, let me actually cut you off really quick. When you're talking about the worker, is it guys of the world that are getting paid a lot? Are they reluctantly doing this strike or they're like, you know what? Yeah, we do want to make some changes and we do want to dig our heels in. Or is it, are they like, Oh God, like I'm so, so rattled that we have to actually have this strike. And it's this, you know, 40% of guys making the league minimum. And these guys are the ones that are causing this strike. Do you think there's strife within the union? So as a player, while I was playing, I fully believed in like, okay, if I have to give up a year of this for one, once I got into it enough, it was, I could find a way to get through a year of it. If this is actually why we would do this, right? If the point of, if the point of striking is to actually create better conditions that, you know, that is so contextual to the situation at hand. I'm no longer in that situation. When I was in it, it felt pretty reasonable. Like we were always kind of on the right side of it, right? You know, you're, you're, you want to be, um, you know, you, you're, you're not as aware of all of the, uh, conditions and, and all of the, uh, contributing factors. That's why being outside of it, it just looks a little different now, but, you know, you, you have this, uh, you have this like fuck them mentality. You're taught to have this mentality and it's, it's crazy cause you could work together really well, but the problem is you have businessmen who don't fucking get, understand baseball and you have baseball players who don't really understand business. Like there's so much fucking room to meet in the middle as someone who's, who's had an amazing help with the people they work with at building a business to learn all of these very complex nuances that we've all, like, again, we've all played the game of baseball for just the enjoyment of playing it. When you want it to be a business and there are these TV contracts and mega contracts and big stadiums, all this shit, there's so much fucking like money that it's like, that's of course everyone's going to be, if, if, you don't have people willing to meet in the middle, it's going to be the way it is now. That's why you see that. As someone who I was blown up by teammates where I, I said I would be happy to take less money. Let's say we were talking about the difference of 6 or $10 million. I was like, I'd be happy to take $6 bucks to stay somewhere or play somewhere I'm, I'm happier being than to just go to a city and I'll pick out this one by name. Is I never cared to play in New York as someone who just didn't appreciate doesn't can't appreciate that city for the things that everyone else apparently can that was one place i just i refused to do it because there's nothing there that will what will make me happy and money isn't going to be a bridge there and that's so all, everybody who has that opportunity to go into that arena i you know i i can't tell you how to feel about money and how it feels in your life so Someone who feels the way I've always felt about it once I got in that that environment, I was totally willing to sit out for a fucking year to just 
because I, I believed the work conditions were going to get better because our business owners were going to, you know, the point was we were at odds with the people who owned the business we work for or contracted to. And this is why we're willing to take the stand. I have no clue the degree of solidarity of guys that are, that are currently in that environment. But I know it's such a, the spectrum of it is so wide because there's some guys that have hundreds of million dollars and there's some guys that have fucking like very little and very, very few people are willing to share money in general. Money is a tough thing for people to give up even when they have very, very large amounts of it. So it's weird that all of these complaints basically stem around very, very large piles of money. But those, those are the, that's the thing that those piles of money are, are distributed to people. And that's where every one of those people is distributed to has that ability to, you know, kind of like feel, feel a way about it and create this climate that we're in. You know, that's, that to me is where the game has shifted in that way to becoming like ultra corporate you know, very, very much transparent in that sense that we can all see because we've all seen it be different. And now you're seeing it be this way. And um, it's very, it's just a very, uh, it's very upsetting. Uh, like once again, it's, it's having seen it operate better it's not that it ever operated perfectly, but seeing it operate better and now it's operating more poorly, you know, but once again, the reason that is, is because they're still making money. So why would you, why, why did this, why does that matter? You know, if you're, especially even if you're an owner, are you watching every game? Are you that big of a fan or no? Like, do you even care? Well, uh, these situations too, about uh, labor disagreements uh, or, or sports strikes, what always strikes me, pun intended, Baseball strikes over there. Uh, but I'm, uh, sorry. Back on track. The owners have more to lose by a workshop, which it always seems like, than the players. Because they own the team for the next, I don't know, their family might own it, their daughter, their son might own the team. They, this is an investment longer than, you know, any player will ever play. A player plays between one and 12, 15 years. If you're a big vet, you know, you get your 10 years, you know, uh, pension and all that stuff. That's pretty rare. Most of these players are in and out really quick. But if you're an owner, you got the team forever. So wouldn't you want to make sure that you don't have any labor stoppages and you're the one who has less leverage and you're kind of bending and, and, and giving what the player, giving the players what they kind of want? Because if you're, game as a whole becomes less popular if major league baseball becomes less popular think about all the investments they have in these new stadiums the tv contracts you got to keep the popularity of the game stable uh you know last time the popularity in 1994 with the strike i think it, the year was it dipped and then they brought it back you know with the home run chase which is a fraud with sosa mcguire juiced out of their gourd you might not be able to do that again so you it seems like the owners have a lot to lose by letting the game quietly, you know, sit on the sideline, it might not come back as popular as it once was. Stadiums might not be as full. TV contracts might not be as large. Seems like the owners are the ones that are going to take that hit. Whereas the players, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, players could go play in, in, the, in the Japanese league 
they, you know, I don't really know, you know, obviously they could play in any country, but I'm not sure what the big market uh, foreign leagues are besides, you know, Japan. Um, there are other places players can play. There, there are a lot of players that are super wealthy that, you know, know they are going to be on the roster the following year. And they're not really going to have the long-term effect of like, oh, the game took a dip. Whereas the owners really are going to feel that dip for a long time coming if they, you know, give the game a black eye. What are your thoughts on that? Am I off base there? There's one of the puns. Um, I, th- I definitely think um, it impacts everybody a little bit. But the so like, I'll use 2020 as a comparison. So 2020, you started seeing crazy things happening. Like we're not going to pay guys. We're not going to do this, 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 this. Well. The, basically, this what do you mean is, we're not going to pay guys? What do you mean? Um, so they didn't want to pay any minor leaguers. They were prorating the season. You know, basically cutting salary oh, all be, over the because place because there was no minor league season, right? Basically cutting, just immediately cutting salary, right? Like cutting cost. Just look at because the, there was the, no games being played. Yeah, just look at the look at yeah. it as cutting cost. And the reason you would do that is to save money. So. If you wanted to grow the game, uh, and you knew the best spend thing, money to make money, exactly. And that's the thing is when you see, this is just how I correlate it. If you believe in your business, your equity lies in your life. You, your, your, you know, not, not the money you pull from this check because it's just something that makes you money, like an investment, like a cold investment. That's, but that's how it's operating. That's how you're seeing it function because there's no, once again, there's no, this, is, you have to be wealthy to be an owner of a team to, to get into that uh, situation. You have to have money coming into it. So the, you know, the desire to, and basically let's say if you're getting into it in this investment, you're going to be on the payroll too. So when you're on the payroll, who's the first to get, their pay cut is it typically the person at the top or is it a bunch of motherfuckers at the bottom that's uh, that's just business in general very large corporate that's how it most of it functions and that's why i would just parallel it in a very similar way like that 2020 is where i kind of saw it a little more glaringly simply because why would you you, we're always told there's so much money around why are we fighting over nickels and dimes into the relative billions of dollars, like paying minor leaguers is not an absurd task. But clearly to me, that's where like the season is way more of like where all these paychecks get, get actually accumulated. Like there is not this piggy bank of money that you're made to believe or this pot of billions. It's actually more of like every time there's a game played and then all the money comes in, then we actually achieve our value. Until then, I gotta I gotta throw motherfuckers off the ship because it's sinking. And I want it to sink slower. That's why you start that's to me why it started to look like that. And it's just it's it it totally created a, a bigger rift between uh employer and worker. As far as just the basic, basic like contracted worker to, you know, business owner. And that's and that's the kind of the unfortunate thing of like, you know, we had talked about um, over this last period of time, the you know, drug issues coming up in the game. And 
uh, very recently, I just took, kind of took a look at myself and, um, as someone who consumed cannabis while they played, uh, um, in the major leagues, never only while I was on the 40 man, did I consume cannabis? I never was never, uh, um, tested positive in the minor leagues, never had that issue. And it on the major league drug, uh, drug policy is a drug of abuse, much like, uh, opiates. And I basically was just kind of looking over this and it was, it was really, it, it hit me in a very unique way. Cause it was like, man, I was basically consuming cannabis the same way anyone with a pill problem would just consume what they're consuming. And they know this because I take drug tests pretty regularly. It's, it's just, it's once again, it becomes a hallmark of just a very bad business. It has nothing to do with that point. It has to do with the lack of like, uh, I'd say humanity involved almost. Like it really gets to that point of like, you just don't care until you have to care. And then you care as little as you have to just because it's that cold. And that's, like I said, that's, that's all around the game. That's, that's terrible to see it start to rear its head in all these ways. Like, um, you know, I have quite a few friends that are still in the game and it's, it's wild to see this wave of um, let's say new blood come into the game which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when I start to when it when I start to get a little more insight on it, it it has the outward appearance of hiring new people for less because they are new and you can afford to pay them less. And basically, what happens when they get older and garner more money is you do the same thing. That's what is starting to be put in place because you know you're you can't argue hiring a bunch of very young people is, you know, there is so much value to mileage and teaching in the game of baseball. These people just don't have it. You have to actually have a wide spectrum of, of age and experience on the field to, to get something better, to get a better game. And that's like, like I say, that's why I'd say the bigger rift is just, it's, it's like, every little corner there's something else that um can have more money made off of it or can be this way and uh it's just toxified i think the whole environment it's why like myself i i i don't care who's playing i just want to see a good game i like football basketball whatever like you know rules change for safety reasons i get that i'm i'm i totally understand things like that It, it changes the game which is okay when those are the reasons that those amendments are made but when you see games changing for reasons outside of safety, that to me is the questionable part of like, why is this happening? What is the, what would be the benefit of changing some of these things? Because there is a standard of it working very well and it's basically just happening right now. You know, that's, that's the weirdest thing I've seen is the game, the game is trying to, um, you know, the, the business is trying to engineer the game in a different way like it's actually trying to uh like i'd say actually physically mold it and change it whereas the goal in the past was to make better teams because that was the goal of winning and making more money and it's just it's dude it's gotten into just this crazy complex like ever i mean it's it's so i imagine it's a different conversation with every organization what are your uh, some of your friends that play major league baseball or minor league baseball with you uh, that are still maybe playing or coaching or around the game? 
saying uh, as they want what they want done in the next few weeks. What's their what's their uh, prognosis to this to this problem? How how are we going to get out of this uh, predicament we're in? Um, I think the general consensus amongst I'd say like more guys my age or guys I played with for a bit, um, like this is gonna probably iron itself out. Someone's gonna give. Once again, it's a ton of money. Who can who can hold out long enough? Because the once again, the guys who own the show, like in my in my head, we've seen that like they aren't that willing to like put their own money on on the table. Like they really they like their big paycheck and don't want to give it up. You know, and then uh it it Yeah, it's just uh it's getting into um I don't even know I don't even really know how to I'm gonna have to hang on. I'm gonna edit out this thirty-nine. All right, ask that question. What was that question again? Just elaborate. I gotta elaborate on that. Oh my! You know the other big question I want to ask you is how your friends that are in the game okay, that are coaches, okay. players, gotcha. uh, players that have recently played, players that only played in the minors, people that played in the majors. Let's see a couple people that have got big contracts. What do they think is going to happen over the next couple of weeks? Are we going to get back to spring training? Is there going to be some announcement in the next few days, like based on facts? I got you. Got you. Okay. Are they like tucking in and saying, you know what? Like, there's definitely a chance. Like, we're not having baseball till like four months from now. You I mean, know, no one obviously knows. It's impossible to know, but just what's the uh, the scene that you're hearing? I think it's, um, you know, the, like I said, the general consensus I think is. The older generation probably like it's gonna iron itself out, um, and then it's kind of everywhere in between from there. You know, some people have that freak out sense. Some people don't. Um, you know, my in my head, you you gotta be if you're not willing to to not play for an entire year, you shouldn't you should not work that job. That would be my personal thoughts. Like if you're not willing to just deal with the worst possible scenario, because not working for a year in that environment isn't the worst possible case scenario of life. You know, that that's the part of it I would say is um, it's just so hard to gauge. But I think the guys that have been around the game longer probably see it as it will take care of itself. And um, I don't, I, other than that, it's hard to really say. I mean, it's, it's all money. So it's who's willing to give what and um, basically how much. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to really cross the picket line in the sense that if you decide to cross the picket line as, like, a younger player and say, oh, screw this, I want to play. Like, I can't lose a year of paycheck. Let's do it. Let's strap it on and play. You go ahead and do that. Like, gab baseball player, okay. And I don't know. how. There's not really a league for you to play in if you did that. But if you did, if you play in the minor leagues or, you know, cross the picket line in some fashion the next year, where you want to jump back in the major leagues and you know be making between five hundred and thirty million dollars a year, you're going to be an outcast and you're not going to be you know in that club anymore and you're going to have to go play in overseas or somewhere. Well, so, I mean, I, I think that's just not really an option for most players to be like, you know what, like I'm not down with this. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm defecting from the union. I'm going to. I'm just going to go play some baseball. Like it's, it's an easy decision to just hold the line. I mean, any free agent right now um, can sign wherever they want. So, like, if you want to go overseas, you're not you're not doing anything bad. You're just not playing in the states this year, you know. But yeah. that's that's the 
that's kind of the thing I've, I've started to see. I would tell anybody, dude, if you want to play for money, there's so many ways to do that now. Just go do it. Don't. But if you're hung up on trying to be a Hall of Famer or being on ESPN or this or that, like if you have some, if professional has that tone to it, it can only be MLB, that's, that's just you're going to be your own individual issue. There's a ton of places guys can play. And I, I do understand it's limited, but if you have that passion and you're willing to sit out an entire year, you know, you might as well. I mean, at that point, go play somewhere else. You know, that's how I was. I mean, that's I I think now now too between Korea, Japan, um, you know, Venezuela, Mexico, I, I I know you can make a good living playing elsewhere than here. And that's um, basically what I encourage anybody to do if you're you know if you want to play you got to try and play but otherwise like the the same when you're playing for money you the same pitfalls are there potentially the same potholes in the road like you know just getting hurt once again immediately changes the nature of what you can do and that's just one thing that can happen so it's um it's really interesting to see how this is impacting all this because this was uh you know i mean only a couple years ago this a situation similar to this for a different reason. We were all watching Korean baseball. Yeah, the KBO, baby. You know, it's <laughs> so, I'm saying it's it's it'll be really interesting to see it unfold, and I'm sure we'll get to talk a little more. And um, but yeah, it's I think it's just definitely um, the game of baseball is in a huge jousting match with the business, and that's that's the kind of why you see things fight this way. Uh, it's like a you know, they're like doppelgangers that don't like each other. Baseball for no money does not like baseball for money. And they're just clashing because this is a business now and, you know, we, we have stuff we have to complain about. And that's that's everywhere. You know, no business is built perfectly. So, um, you know, there's always things, or let's say that, there's always things we as, as business owners collectively would love to try and improve for the, uh, let's say, the outcome of the consumer of that. Um, whether that be uh, products we produce or otherwise, let's say a product you produce on 925, those are the types of things that um, seem to be very vacant in this in this situation. So um, I'm really, really glad we got to kind of just at least even just chip into it because it's definitely going to take more than, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to, to crack into all this. Indeed. But, uh, well, hopefully the next time we talk, the, the lockout is over. The, the rights of spring, the birds are chirping, people are back in Arizona and Florida, pitches and catches are reporting, gloves are popping, people are hitting tanks in the bubble out on a nice field. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, in, a per- uh, in a perfect world, man. Sunshine and homers and, and strikeouts and, and all that good stuff. I'm with you. And um, I think uh, until, let's say this, maybe we can even make a deal that um, if it happens, we'll just do, do another segment immediately about how it happened. Um, or maybe what what kind of broke through it, but otherwise, um, dude, definitely look forward. Thank you very much, Connor, for coming on again, and uh, we'll we'll get this going going out here to the people here really soon. It's always good to hop on the pod. Appreciate Just it, Kyle Blake. <laughs> Appreciate they'll it, man. Be, they'll, they'll be they'll be around too before too long. Don't worry, people. We'll do it for the people. We're not taking a lockout. We'll be back. We'll be back. Full force. Thank you again for taking the time to join us on Corner of the Clubhouse. Corner of the Clubhouse is sponsored by Roadrunner CBD. Roadrunner CBD is a family-owned, 
high-quality, full-spectrum CBD wellness brand. Please go to RoadrunnerCBD.com today and start your CBD journey.